0: Good morning, would you please open your Bibles to Isaiah, Isaiah 45, all right, well, throughout history and the pages of the scriptures, God promises deliverance to Israel, and we can latch on to that, being believers grafted in, and we are adopted into his family, we have such an amazing inheritance. And he declares Israel, it's going to be a flagship through which the whole world will be blessed. He declared that to Abraham, and that declaration uh, speaks forth and is being carried out today. God has proved himself true. He has shown himself faithful. And because of the confirmation of fulfilled prophecies, we can trust that all remaining promises will be kept. We read um, in 2 Peter last week, actually Second 2 Peter chapter 1, I know we studied chapter 3, but chapter 1 talked about how they are confirmed, the faith is confirmed because of the f- truth of prophecy. So before we get into Isaiah 45, there's a verse I want to share from 46, and we're going to share one from 44. Isaiah 46, 9 and 10 and I have no control over this. Uh, I don't know if Jed is still back there. But Isaiah 46, 9 and 10 says this. Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things that are not yet done, saying My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. That's Isaiah 46, 9 and 10. Do I have it? There we go. Sorry, I got a little late. I'm a low technology person. Um, Isaiah 49, verse 8 says, Thus says the Lord, because we're talking about God's time. He is going to accomplish all this, right? Well, when? When? He has already accomplished some. I mean, we, we shared last week that Jesus fulfilled approximately 332 or something like that messianic prophecies. And so there's more to come, but his timing is perfect. Thus says the Lord, Isaiah 49:8. In an acceptable time I have heard you, and in the day of salvation I have helped you. I will preserve you and give you as a covenant to the people to restore the earth. God has his appointed times and seasons. As the prophet Daniel said, and we've shared this before from Daniel chapter 2, blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. He changes times and seasons. He removes kings and he raises up kings. We're going to talk about that more in a minute. God existed before time He appoints people, events and seasons in life acts seventeen twenty six says and he made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on the face of the earth and has determined their pre appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings he has a he has determine their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings galatians 4 4 and 5 the apostle paul said but when the fullness of the time had come god sent forth his son born of a woman born under the law to redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons in god's perfect timing We were reminded last week in 2 Peter, um, we are trusting in God's timing for the establishment of the new heavens and the new earth, where righteousness dwells. Remember we shared that? That's what we're looking forward to, this new heaven and new earth where righteousness dwells. Right now, we're in a very sinful, imperfect place where righteousness doesn't exactly dwell There might be pockets, there might be some, those who are trying to do God's work, but it certainly doesn't dwell like it will. Um, We're not there yet. A lot lot has to transpire before these things fall into place. As someone once said, and many have quoted the idea that things are not necessarily, we're looking at this world and our culture and going, man, things are going crazy, people are going nuts. Things are not necessarily falling apart, they're falling into place. And we are living in some of the most prophetic times in the history of the world. And a lot of that kicked into a hyperdrive in 1948. Question. Can God only use believers to accomplish his purposes? If he is God, <laughs> he can use anybody at any time, in any place. Isaiah 46, says this. And who is he talking about here? Isaiah 46, 11. Calling a bird of prey from the east. Hmm. The man. Okay, so now it's talking about not a bird of prey. It's talking about a man. The man who executes my counsel from a far country. Indeed, I have spoken it, I will also bring it to pass. I have purposed it, I will also do it. Who's he talking about? King Cyrus. He was this man that God called from the east to conquer Babylon and return a remnant of Israel to end the 70 year captivity. Even the first century Jewish historian Josephus credits a pagan king named Cyrus with freeing the Jews from captivity and helping them rebuild the temple in Jerusalem. A pagan king? Why would he care about the temple in Jerusalem? Why would he care about God's chosen people? Well, Josephus in Antiquities relates that when Cyrus Listen to this. This is just amazing to me. When Cyrus came across his name mentioned in the scroll of Isaiah, 220 years before Cyrus was born, Cyrus was seized by a holy desire to fulfill what was written of him. Josephus wrote that. Can you imagine? 220 years. That's like... um. Someone wrote some sort of historical uh, document or de- declaration with your name on it in the year 1800. In the year 1800, somewhere in Washington, Philadelphia, wherever it might be, someone with, wrote your name in a document saying you were going to fulfill this purpose. And you're born and you're whatever, how older you are, and you come across this scroll with your name in it that was written in 1800, and you're going, whoa. This is heavy. So uh, this specific fulfilled prophecy provides more undeniable evidence of the certainty and exactness of God's foreknowledge and a convincing argument for the inerrancy of scriptures. One of the many convincing proofs as Pastor Landon just read. Many convincing proofs. Proofs. Well, this is a convincing argument. Uh, we, read, uh, or we read last week in uh, 1 Peter 1.19, and so we have the prophetic word confirmed that you will do well to heed, knowing that this is the truth. So according to the prophet Isaiah, um, King Cyrus was used as a special instrument of God for deliverance in the Bible. This uh, mysterious Persian ruler is credited for helping Jews return from exile to Jerusalem 2,500 years ago to rebuild the temple. Amazing. I know you guys that were just in Israel are going, yeah, yeah, that's, you're piecing this together of sites you just saw, and it's exciting. And it's exciting to us to just grab on the, 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 the caboose of your enthusiasm and just seeing the realities of so much of what we read in Scripture when you were over in Israel. But Isaiah 44, verse 24, I think, do I have this? Yes, I do. Nope, that's not it. Oh, yeah, I do have it. Isaiah 44, 24 says, Thus says the Lord your Redeemer, the one who formed you from the womb. Now, Isaiah 44, 28, it is I who says of Cyrus, a pagan king, he is my shepherd, and he shall perform all my pleasure, saying to Jerusalem, you shall be built. And to the temple, your foundation shall be laid. Wow! This royal proclamation of Cyrus fulfills, well, this prophecy is fulfilled. They're found in the Old Testament books of Isaiah 1, verse, I'm sorry, Ezra 1, verse 2. Just jot it down if you're taking notes. Ezra 1, verse 2, and 2 Chronicles thirty six twenty three. Your foundation shall be laid. He speaks to the temple. So before we get to our main text, Isaiah 45, remember, God uses whomever he pleases. Something to remember. Um, Let's look briefly at some recent world history that's fascinating to us living in these times in America where we feel like, Wow, we were about to be judged big time, and maybe we have a little reprieve. I've heard that word used a lot. Benjamin Netanyahu, Israeli uh, prime minister, went on record about a year and a half ago saying this, In the long sweep of Jewish history, there have been a handful of proclamations by non-Jewish leaders on behalf of our people and our land. Cyrus the Great, the Great Persian King, Lord Balfour, President Harry S. Truman, and President Donald J. Trump. Wait, Cyrus? A Lord? Truman? Trump? Something seems out of place, doesn't it? Isaiah 66, verse 8 says, Who has heard such a thing? Who has seen such things? Shall the earth be made to give birth in one day? Or shall a nation be born at once? Another translation says, shall a nation be born in one day? For as soon as Zion was in labor, she gave birth to her children. Now we all know about the horrors of Hitler and the Holocaust in the late 1930s and 40s. We all know what happened to millions of Jews. Not only were many annihilated and killed in concentration camps, but millions were dispersed and tried to get out of that area. And it it is even more amazing to me that over 5 million Jews returned to Israel And as predicted, the remnant was restored. If you want to look at some verses that indicate uh, this was going to happen, Isaiah 11, 11 and 12, and Isaiah 38, verse 8. But let's go to one more before we talk about some more history. Ezekiel 37, uh, 21 and 22 says this. Then say to them, thus says the Lord God, surely I will take the children of Israel from among the nations wherever they have gone, and will gather them from every side and bring them into their own land, and I will make them one nation in the land on the mountains of Israel. Now let's check out some history. This is an actual document. It, I mean, it is an official document, believe it or not. They weren't that fancy back in 1948. <laughs> we have these things today, you put an, a gold thing on it, and whatever, but a ribbon and a seal and all that. But this is an, an official document signed by President Harry Truman. What happened was, we have, don't have a lot of time to get into all the details, but um, the government is, of Israel proclaimed the new state on May 14, 1948, It's just miraculous that this happened. But when at midnight, British rule over Palestine lapsed, and minutes later, White House uh, spokesman Charlie Ross announced U.S. recognition. God chose to use America right then in 1948 and has connected these two allies ever since. Now, in some administrations in America, stronger allies, in some, not so strong, as we had in the eight years of the Obama administration. Um, But never before in history of the world has any nation or people been dispersed throughout the world and then centuries later returned to their homeland from the north, south, east, and west. Oh, the Bible says something about that, too. That's Isaiah 43, verse 5 and 6. The people would return to Israel from the north, from the south, from the east, from the west. President Harry Truman signed on to acknowledge the new state of Israel in 1948. It's just amazing to me, um, the authority says that the United States recognizes the provisional government as the de facto authority of the new state of Israel. It had the new Jewish state and put the new state of Israel. Harry Truman approved May 14, 1948, 611. that must have been I'm guessing uh, maybe that was a.m actually. That might have been 6:11 a.m. Um, just, just to me, it's just. Amazing history. We don't have time to get into all this. The Six-Day War came in um, 1967. Israel was attacked again. You know how big Israel is but the size of New Jersey. You guys flew back through New Jersey, didn't you? <laughs> New Jersey is pretty small in relation to other states in America, in relation to some countries, but that's the size of New Jersey. All this, these problems and this chaos And the division over there in the Middle East is happening over this one little parcel of land that God promised long ago to the people of Israel. So Six-Day War happened. Uh, the tiny state prevailed in the Six-Day War in 1967. Didn't last long. Um, 1973, they were threatened with annihilation again. And... What what time is it? Yeah, we don't have a... mm. Wish I could get into this, but but we really can't. What happened in that war, the Yom Kippur War, they were attacked on the most holy of all days while they were celebrating Yom Kippur. They were attacked. What happened in December 7, 1941, to America, we were attacked on Sunday morning when a lot of Americans, I would say most at that time, were in church and Japan and bombed Pearl Harbor. Israel in 1973, celebrating Yom Kippur and all the tanks and forces from Syria and uh, surrounding nations, a coalition of nations had risen up against Israel. And it continues today, by the way, no surprise when you hear the news. But few recall how President Richard Nixon at that time (laughs) stepped up to help Israel in their time of dire need. They were completely outnumbered um, in manpower and weaponry. Completely. The odds? um, What what kind of odds does God need? You know, think about it. Completely. I mean, it was the fourth Arab-Israeli war. Uh, Egypt, Syria, Iraq, and Jordan all carried out this surprise attack on Israel. And they prevailed again, but it took a miracle. The odds were obviously against them. Um, There was even talk of surrender, actually. I remember seeing a photo of Golda Meir sitting in the back of her plane, um, she was like, I think she was like, had her head down and she was just exhausted. You could just tell the stress of the whole thing. Israel, there was talk of surrender until October 6, 1973, when at 3 a.m., Golda Meir called the United States of America, called the White House. Um, They came through. The Nixon administration sent 22,000 tons of jets, tanks, ammo by air and by sea to Israel shortly afterward. Israel overcame its enemies once again, and the war came to an end. Astounding history here. And again, as Landon mentioned, glad you mentioned that the Gideon and whittled it down to 3,000. God doesn't need a lot of manpower, does he? (laughs) It's been proven throughout Scripture. So let's now remember the importance of U.S. support for Israel. It cannot be overstated. So that's something that Christians in America, I think we look at all these other things, world events and what's happening in our country. Christians, keep your eyes on Israel, what's happening there in the news. So now let's turn to Isaiah 45, and we're just going to read the first seven verses in Isaiah 45. Thus says the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus. Wait a minute. Cyrus is not only a pagan king and an unbeliever and not even from the land of Israel. God anointed him? Interesting, isn't it? To Cyrus, whose right hand I have held, to subdue nations before him. And loose the armor of kings to open before him the double doors so that the gates will not be shut. And God said, I will go before you and make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron. I will give you the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places. Why? That you may know that I The Lord, who call you by your name, am the God of Israel. Verse 4, For Jacob, my servant's sake, and Israel, my elect, I have even called you by your name. I have named you, though you have not known me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. There is no God besides me. I will gird you, though you have not known me. That they may know from the rising of the sun to its setting that there is none besides me. I am the Lord. There is no other. Do you think God's trying to get a point through to us and at this, this time to Israel? I am the Lord. There is no other. I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create calamity. I, the Lord, do all these things. And God used Cyrus. He can use you and me in some small way. And I believe he's using the Trump administration, the most pro-Israel, possibly, if not in recent decades in, in U.S. history, to move the U.S. embassy to Israel, a lot of presidents have talked about that. Some even promised it, said they'd do it. And here's Trump. <laughs> Jeez. I mean, we've had professing Christian presidents in the past. But nobody's policies are lining up exactly the way this president's are. I'm not saying I know his heart. I'm not saying he's born again. There have been reports. I know there's Bible studies there. I know he's got godly men like Mike Pence and others speaking into his life. We don't know. But to say, like many people do out in in our culture, in our country, saying even Christians saying, how can you support a man like Donald Trump? I think the, the better question needs to be asked, can a flawed man with an imperfect past be a good leader? Can a flawed man be a good president? That's what we have to ask. I could go on much more down that road, but I won't for, for the sake of time. But the Trump administration is doing some good things. I'm not an apologist. For him, I wish, uh, you know, some of his tweets would be a little more seasoned and, and <laughs> wish he had more tact in some cases, um, but he's the man, he's the man that he is and you you know exactly what you get. Um, remember King Cyrus, Isaiah 45, 44 through 46, but 45 particularly. Remember Cyrus and how God used him and anointed him for such a time as that in Isaiah 45 in Israel's history. Um, One more thing I want to share with you. I looked up this article in the Times of Israel um, when Benjamin Netanyahu visited the White House and he explained his remarks and that's when Trump recognized the Golan Heights as Israeli territory, (laughs) that proclamation, you kind of go, wow, keep surprising me, please, President. Keep surprising me. Um, Times of Israel, I'll just read the text of this. Um, Mr. President, my dear friend Donald, you've shown consistently incredible support for for Israel and for our right to self-defense. When we exercise that self-defense, you have never flinched. You have always been there, including today, and I thank you. Over the years, Israel has been blessed to have many friends who sat in the Oval Office, but Israel has never had a better friend than you. You showed that when you recognized Jerusalem as Israel's capital and moved the American embassy there. You said it, and you did it, and you've shown it once again today, Mr. President, with your official proclamation recognizing Israel's sovereignty over the Golan Heights. I want to tell you that the Jewish people have a long memory. So we remember the proclamation of the great king, Cyrus the Great, the Persian king, 2,500 years ago. He proclaimed that the Jewish exiles in Babylon would come back and rebuild our temple in Jerusalem. We remember 100 years ago, Lord Balfour, who issued the Balfour proclamation that recognized the rights of the Jewish people in our ancestral homeland, We remember 70 years ago, President Harry S. Truman was the first leader to recognize the Jewish state. And we remember how a few weeks ago, President Donald J. Trump recognized Jerusalem as Israel's capital. Mr. President, this will be remembered by our people through the ages. Benjamin Netanyahu. God is using... Our current president and I will go as far to say as God uses every US president in some way I believe God used President Barack Obama now you might disagree with how he used that president but I believe that was a statement on America and now look what's happening here today it's it's actually amazing but he's using this imperfect vessel in the White House This flawed human being, oh, like you and I, (laughs) flawed human beings for God's will to be done, for him to work his purposes in an incredible way to fulfill what he has declared. So President Trump may or may not be a modern-day Cyrus, and um, all all we know is we're living in some amazingly prophetic times, And we know that Scripture tells us to pray for our leaders. We need to pray for wisdom for our leaders. We need to pray for more godly men to be involved in politics, to run in government. In our current government, we need to pray for more men to be saved, whether that's Democrat or Republican. Imagine if there was a revival in Washington. Talk about draining the swamp. I think the Holy Spirit would do it. But we need to pray that more of them will be saved. Whatever it takes, O God, save these men that they may rule with your wisdom as they seek you instead of seeking to serve themselves. So, and pray for the peace of Israel, right? We are told to do that in Scripture. I'm um, just going to conclude before I do uh, a scripture from Proverbs 21. King Solomon wrote, the king's heart is like channels of water in the hand of the Lord. He turns it wherever he wishes. Proverbs 21. There is no wisdom and no understanding and no counsel against the Lord. God's faithfulness throughout his word encourages us. I believe it's, it's, it's such an encouragement to us when we see fulfilled prophecy. But when we see events taking place in the world today, It's getting closer, friends. It is getting closer to those last days. We are in the last days, but every day brings us closer to his return so we can trust that he's going to make good on future promises, past prophecies. Um, The return of Christ to the Mount of Olives, the end times, and our home going At the Constitutional Convention in Philadelphia in 1787, Benjamin Franklin wrote this to George Washington. I have lived, sir, a long time, and the longer I live, the more convincing proofs I see of this truth that God governs in the affairs of men. And if a sparrow cannot fall to the ground without his notice, is it probable that an empire can rise without his aid? We have been assured, sir, in the sacred writings that except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Most of us would agree that we have all but abandoned God in this nation. Just think of the immorality and the darkness and the godlessness through the decades and decades. You go to back got back to the nineteen forties and fifties with Margaret Sanger, the founder of Planned Parenthood, and the damage that she has done and continues to do through her legacy. Alfred Kinsey, the the uh, atheist uh, child predator, I think um, bisexual sexologist, who still has a wing at Indiana University named after him, and that Hollywood and people in the media still cite his, quote, research. Um, Sanger, Kinsey, um, even up up to modern times, in the 1960s, what happened when they removed prayer and Bible, the Bible reading from public schools, from government-run schools, who are now hostile toward Christianity. That didn't just happen overnight, friends. Something had to build to that. Godlessness, darkness, it's evil, to 1973 when abortion was legalized by a handful of black-robed judges, justices on the Supreme Court, made the ruling for the entire nation, and how many millions I think were about approaching 60 million abortions since 1973. That's just since 73. Sanger started the birth control movement, the population control, the abortion movement, eugenics, ideas in America in the late teens, early 1920s. There's darkness in our land, and it continues. And we look at today, they're being more blatant, speaking out for evil, and they're calling evil good and good evil. Talk about, I've been reading more on this This man running for president, Pete Buttigieg, and it's astounding, he's duping people, calling evil good and good evil. Know how to respond to people like this. So keep your eyes on Israel, set your heart and mind on things above, not on things that are on this earth, and know that it's only by God's patience that we are here, we are still here. And if we're still here, we have work to do. I'm closing with Isaiah 45. If you flip to the last couple of verses. Just verse uh, 22 and 23. Look to me and be saved, all you ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. I have sworn by myself the word has gone out of my mouth in righteousness and shall not return, that to me every knee shall bow, every tongue shall take an oath. Remember Paul in Philippians chapter 2, that great declaration there that I believe a lot of early Christians had memorized before that letter was even written, uh, Philippians chapter 2, but in the end when he says, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And you might be thinking, how can that be? There's a lot of people that will refuse to believe until their death. They will refuse to believe. So is, is, it, is God lying then to say that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess? No, they will bow the knee and every tongue will confess, but they will not end up in his presence for eternity in heaven. They will end up eternally separated from him, but they will be forced to. We voluntarily bow the knee and confess, right? But make no mistake, his word is true. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. And that's where I think Paul was referring to that in Isaiah. Um, It's a powerful thought doesn't leave anybody out that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. And how many times through Isaiah, if you've read through the whole book, the whole scroll that was found, wow, the Dead Sea Scrolls. Uh, that's, that was just neat to see that, the cave. I've seen pictures, but it's nice to see it. I know a friend that was there that took that picture where that scroll was found, the entirety of the book. And how many times does God say, I am God, there is no other? There is none like me declaring the end from the beginning. He changes times and seasons, friends. Let's make sure we're in tune with him. Let's close in prayer. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your truth. And we praise you, Lord, for the work that you're doing, though we might not understand it. Um, Help us to trust you in all things, no matter what. And help us to do our part as those who would be lights in this darkness all around us. But thank you for giving us the strength that we need. We ask that you give us wisdom to speak into our our culture and to expose the darkness when necessary to encourage others to strengthen those within the church, Lord. Help us, God, to follow you. We know that there is no other. Many people follow other idols and other things that are not you, the one true living God. And we are thankful that you've called us. May your will be done, Lord. We ask for your... Uh, protection and your provision, um, not only for our body here of believers, but for um, our country. We ask you to give our nation's leaders wisdom, O oh God, and that your will would be done. We know your timing is perfect, and uh, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.